What's happening, everyone? Welcome in. It's the Final Score Podcast. Greg Swatek of the Frederick News Post Sports Department here with you. And on this week's episode, uh, we will uh, swing around the county, talk uh, county football, volleyball, uh, soccer uh, with with our uh, FMP sports writer, uh, John Cannon. Uh, But first, uh, I'm pleased to welcome on uh, my guest this week. Uh, She's one of my favorite coaches to talk to in all of Frederick County. Uh, We've known each other for a long time. And uh, and at five and one and two and zero oh in the CMC, her uh, girls soccer team at Middletown High School is off to as good a start as anyone. And she is Heather Klein, uh, Coach Klein. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I want to start by making us both feel old. <laughs> we are uh, r- right <laughs> off the bat. Uh, I, I've been doing this job. I've been covering girls soccer in Frederick County since the fall of two thousand seven. So so that that's a long time considering we're. Uh, almost uh, 2020 here is about to dawn. How long have you been coaching girls soccer at Middletown? So I started as a volunteer coach in 1992. 92. Coach JV starting in 93 for 10 years and then took over the varsity at Middletown in 2003 was my first season as head coach. Does it feel like it's been that long? Some days it does, um, but more often than not, no. It it feels like, you know, we've just started again, and um, I love doing it. So I figure yeah. as long as I love doing it and things are going well, then... <laughs> you wouldn't be doing it for almost 30 years if, if you didn't love doing it. And, and I wouldn't be doing my job for, for as long as I have without loving to do it. So you you have to love to do it because you're not doing the job to get to get... Rich, I, I, either, and neither De- am I. Definitely not. Right? No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, how did how did you get get the job, or how did you learn the program? Or, or... Well, so I actually played at Middletown. That's right. Um, yeah. So Middletown girls soccer started when I was an eighth grader, um, and I was the manager for that team. And then I played the next four years. You were a goalkeeper? Or, uh... Uh, when I was in high school, I was a field player, and okay. actually, my first year at Elon, I was also still a field player. Um, and then, you know, back in the day though, you had multiple people that would play different positions Right. and, and goalkeeper, you were, your team was lucky if you had a specific goalkeeper, but then you also had people who would be the backup just in case. And so through my whole youth career, that was sort of, um, what I did is if our goalkeeper wasn't there, I could go in and play, um, and it just turned out when I when I went to Elon my my freshman year in preseason we had a whole hour and a half of, of footwork and but I have an extra bone in both of my feet okay and it really set off like I, I just couldn't do it because you know the the bone was bruising and yeah. and so they sent me to train at that point with the goalkeepers. And so my sophomore spring, one of our scholarship goalkeepers decided not to come back. And they came and asked me if I would make that switch. Um, and I did. And, and it, was, it was a great learning spring um, because I had never had any formal training. <laughs> so I learned a lot. Um, but, you know, I had, I had two good, good years 
uh, following that in the goal at Elon. So I mean, it's fun scoring goals. Did you enjoy being on the other side of it and in, in, in preventing people from scoring uh, goals? I think I definitely enjoy scoring them more. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, yeah, because you're, you're talking uh, about targets sitting back there yeah, in, in the goal, right? You are. Um, you know, the good thing is, though, is you're, you're sort of the the field general. You, If you're not afraid to talk and direct your teammates – um, you know, it's a great place to be in the goal to be able to do that because you do see everything. And, and we talk daily with our goalkeepers about the importance of communicating and, you know, moving your teammates where you need them. And it makes your job as a goalkeeper so much easier. I say often that my success came from my ability to see what was happening and get defenders there before I needed to come into play so right was soccer the first sport you played i mean it, it's the first sport for so many kids i mean you grow up playing soccer was soccer your first yeah sport? well we it's funny because my mom and i were talking about this the other day i played baseball i have an older brother and and i really wanted to do anything he was doing when i was little and and baseball was something that he really enjoyed when when he was younger so I know baseball and soccer started about the same time. Um, obviously, soccer became my my love and, and what I've done the rest of my life, really. Um, it's always been a piece of, of what I do, no matter where I've been. So Were you and your brother super, obviously you admired him, but were you super competitive with each other? We were in a, we, I guess we were and we weren't, you know, because we were, we were our, each other's biggest champions. We always wanted each other to do well. He is really fast. Um, so, and I was more, I had to think through, like thinking through the game helped me more than than speed. Um, so he jumps right so. in the pool. You you think about <laughs> how, how warm the water is and other things before you jump right, in. Right, yeah. right. So, you know, we were definitely very different athletes. Um, but we, you know, we both had success in what we did. So, right. And you had parents shuttling you around, uh, to, pr to practice and all we sorts did. of things. We yeah. did. So we, we were living out in Myersville, um, when I was young and, and at some point in our middle school years, my parents basically looked at each other and said, we have to move into the town of Middletown because all they were doing is running back and forth, like, because our schedules never really matched up and. They were dropping one off and picking one up. And, and so uh, when I was in seventh well, grade. Well, let's centralize here. Let, let, right. Let's get to a central location and go from there. And then yeah. we had to walk to everything. Right. So. Uh, uphill both ways, <laughs> right? Definitely. Right. Uh, how, what, what's the age gap between you and your two brother? Years. Two, two years. Two okay. years. Okay. Yeah. And did you live anywhere? Are you a lifelong Frederick County resident? Did you live somewhere else before you moved to Myersville? Yeah. You. Yeah. Um, lifelong. We spent one year. Um, my dad took a sabbatical and went out to the University of Arizona for a year. Ah, not, um, not a bad place to take. A right. So when I was in fifth grade, I I spent my fifth grade year in Arizona. But other than that. It's definitely been here. Yeah. Here, here is home for me. So right. Well, was Bob Scheffler coaching soccer when you were? He playing was there. He was. So it was a, a bit surreal that you were when you got the girls' job that you were coaching alongside Coach Scheffler. Um, it, it was and it wasn't. Um, I had when I was doing the JV, I had worked with him at um when when FC Frederick was still split and the girls were Frederick United. Um, I had coached with him 
with a girls team. Um, but, you know, I had John Miller as a, as a coach my senior year. And then so when I came back as a JV and was coaching with him, so I had already sort of had that experience of, you know, going from, you know, this man that, that I just wanted to be like and have a successful program like he did um, and, and take that time to learn from him. Um, and, and so I was lucky to do the same thing with Coach Scheffler when he started coaching his daughters at club. So, you know, I just, I've been very lucky in the base that I've been given and and the coaches that I've been able to follow. Um, So Players of yours that have come on to your staff. Well, and that's, that's a fun thing for me is because I know what it, what it meant to me to be able to join uh, Coach Miller's staff. So when I had Danielle Moore and then Rachel Berman, both were players that I coached at Middletown come on, you know, I just, it's nice because they know what you want in your program. Um, they know your style, they know what you are looking for. Um, and, and so it's great to have that interest still keep coming back. You know, I love when we go to other schools and we see coaches that have come back to their home school um, we're lucky in that we have Sarah Kovalchek this year who's, who's taking sort of a, a, a gap year between college and, and graduate school. Um, you know, also a player of mine that, that has come back and is volunteering as much as she can. So I just think it's great when, when girls can come home and have that opportunity. Isn't it staggering how much great coaching, especially in the sport of soccer, has come out of Frederick County? Chuck Nichols, Mark Wolcott, uh, yourself, Bob Scheffler, I mean, Mitch Rubin. I mean, just it, how, how, how did so many good soccer coaches end up in the same same little county? Wow, here? I don't know. I mean, you could say, because I love Frederick County, you know, you, it's, a, it's a good place to come to. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, we've been lucky and, and – you love when that happens because you you get to learn a little bit from every coach that you know touches you and um, you play against and you see some of the things they do that that you might not have considered and how can you work that into your program and and so you know having such high quality coaches is is a wonderful thing and it just makes the competition year after year so good. Um, so do you borrow things from opposing coaches? I think I do. I, I don't, I, I wouldn't say a lot, but there are certain things that, that you see and, and you're like, that would work for us. Um, or if I make this little change to that idea, you know, I can make that work for us. So I think you're always, you know, as a coach looking and watching, um, trying to find, things that you can incorporate into your style um, to, to make you and your team better. Right. I mean, we often ask people like you uh, here at the paper, and, and, and a lot of people say, why is soccer across the board so good in Frederick County? But a lot of it comes down to the coaching, right? You just With, with the FC Frederick and, and the high level of coaching uh, that you have there and just the, uh, across the high school scene as we just talked about, there's, there's so much great coaching. There is. Um, I also think that, you know, our, our kids are really lucky that we have 
clubs that are close and and multiple clubs um, that I think do a really nice job of of coaching at a young level and at the you know even through the high school level um, and and that's something that years ago wasn't here if you wanted to play year round you had to go to Montgomery County or or you know away from Frederick County yeah if you wanted to play club soccer as a kid where where did you where did you have to go we I went um into Montgomery County and into Carroll County um Kathy Billups was a was a really good player that came out of Frederick High School and she and I found some teams together and so we we would carpool and it made it a little bit easier um, but you did. You had to go down the road, you know, and to play indoor. We had to go into Montgomery County um, to play higher quality in the spring. We had to go down the road. Um, and, you know, we we both, I feel, still played with our in-house teams as well, um, which was good. And, and I always like when I have a team that – that has that sort of mixture of they've they've stayed and they've committed to their in-house um, or they're in a on a team on a travel team together but then you also have a group of kids that that have blossomed out and have seen something different and to be able to bring those two things together um, you know, just as a, it's wonderful to watch. It's when you can, can sort of marry those two ideas, um, you know, sometimes good things happen. So I think that's what we're seeing so far in, in this year is we have a, a good group of kids that have played together for a number of years. And we've had some kids that have gone to outside clubs. Um, you know, yeah. FC, FC Frederick is a big one yeah. for some, um, but they're on, you know, age-wise, they're on different teams. And then we've had some that are at Potomac or, or over into West Virginia. Um, but it's fun to watch it all come together and to take different styles and and still make it work. Um, so Is the majority of your team comprised of club soccer players? Do they play year-round or, or for most of the year? I have a pretty good number this year that do. Um, and then... You know the the second set is is athletes. They're lacrosse players. They're basketball players. Um, you know, so while where soccer might not be their first, they're still playing something year round. Um, and and so you know you you bring all of that and and you always want good athletes on your team. You do. So, you yeah. definitely do. Right. So why, why did you decide to? playing college at Elon how, how did that sort of opportunity come about for you you know we my parents and I went um to a lot of different schools I knew I didn't want to go to a big school um when when my brother Ian went looking uh he was looking at bigger schools and and he landed up north in at Cornell um and I sort of went the other direction and I knew I wanted to go south and I knew I wanted to go a bit smaller what were you thinking, um, like, in terms of, like, distance from home? Did you want to be, like, within, within six hours of okay, was, yeah. was kind of where, you know, um, because I knew I wanted to play. So I wanted my parents to be able to get there yeah. as often as they could. And you didn't want to have to, like, um, buy a plane ticket to but, come home. Right, or, exactly. Yeah. 
Um, and really, we looked at a lot of different places, and we got to Elon, and I just felt at home. I, I mean, that's the simplest way to describe it, is, is I felt that that was where I needed to be. Um, and luckily, it worked out. Um, I had a great four years there, and, and, you know, I wouldn't have changed it for anything. So Right. When did you first realize you wanted to be a, a coach? <sighs> I, I think I feel like I, I sort of always did. I knew early that I wanted to go into teaching. Um, and then when I was in high school, I was coaching, well, assistant coaching um, with the MVA youth teams. And I love doing it. So I think that I always knew that I wanted to come home and continue giving back to what was given to me. Um, you know, I, I, I tell a funny story every now and again that, you know, 10 years as a JV coach is a pretty long time. Um, and Chuck Nichols would say to me after about year three or four, Heather, there are other schools in Frederick County. You could be a varsity coach. And I would just say, I'm, I'm, I know I'm where I need to be. And I'm willing to wait um, and learn as long as that takes because I know I'm where I need to now, be. Did you know you wanted to just coach or did you want the Middletown job? I definitely wanted the Middletown okay, job. Okay, you did. So, I did. so, so that, that, that you had that, that, it, was, that was your goal. It was, definitely. Um, otherwise, I, I don't think, I mean, I love Coach Miller and I learned a lot, but 10 years was a long time. Um, and I feel I feel bad for my JV coaches because I, I have sort of put them in that same position of, you, you know, you could possibly be there a pretty long time um, because I love what I'm doing and I, I love coaching in Middletown. And yeah, you sort of feel like you were born to do so, it, So right? um, I, I just think, you know, it, it is it is a home for me. It's it's. It's what you've always done. It is. Yeah. You've always been around it. So uh, just how did your sort of years at Elon, how did they shape you as a coach, do you think? Well, I mean, it was interesting. It was, you know, you. I came from Frederick County where my, my senior year I was player of the year with Kathy. Um, and you, you leave that. Um, you know, and you, you get yourself into a situation where everybody was their player of the year. Um, and so, you know, that's a learning curve to, to know that you just have to keep working hard. And, um, because I didn't start my freshman year. Um, and that was a difficult thing because I had played four years of varsity and started, every game yeah you just said it it's sort of a, you know? it's sort of a culture shock like you, you're this great player in high school but but like you just said everyone 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 was. in college was a great player right. in high school and, and everyone was the player of the year like like, like you just said so right. that takes some getting used to and it does and and for me you know while in that year working through it and and finding your balance um you know i think that was a great thing but it also gave me that understanding of what what it's going to be like for kids that I coach that work really hard every day and they're not starters. And, you know, you understand that that's what you want and that's what you work for. 
Um, but you're just as important in what you do every day, whether you start or not. Like that, I think that has become, you know, sort of the validation. But, you know, I was able to learn in that year that it still mattered what I did every day, whether I was in that starting lineup or not. Right. Um, and, 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 and so we try to instill that in the kids. And, right. you know, it's hard because you want to play. You want players that want to play. Right. So, <laughs> but, but, but that experience helps you to relate to the kid that wants to start but can't. Right. And, and you know what to say to that kid to keep them engaged and, and keep and, them going. And you just have to, you know, just keep encouraging them and, and keep, you know, being as honest with them as, as you can that you, you still may work as hard as you can, but if the people in front of you are also working just as hard, you still may be in this situation. But it's still valuable what you're giving to us. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, this year is, is a really interesting one for us in that we have a lot of talented kids um, and a lot of athletes. And, and so, you're, you know, you're hoping that you're getting that message through, that even though you might not be starting, uh, it's still important when you step on the field, you're keeping us at that same level. Um, you know, and, and sometimes you make decisions based on what grouping works best, you know, and, and how subbing comes in, how that works best. Um, you know, and there's a lot that goes into decisions that you make and, and how things work. Um, but it doesn't always happen right away, too. No. Because, yeah. I mean, because I, as you're talking, I'm thinking, like, this is a perfect parallel to your coaching career because you were the, the, the JV coach uh, for, for, for so long, just wait, patiently waiting for your opportunity. Right. You're, you're never sure if, what, right. what's going to happen or if, if it's going to materialize. It finally does, and, and then and your, and your patience pays off. So it seems like in this day and age, we live in such an instant uh, gratification society where everything has to happen now and and everything has to happen exactly the way we want that, right. that you lose sight of that patience and that it does take time for some of these goals to get accomplished and, and i think that's a great great comment and you know it's i find it harder these days to have kids understand that i i know you want to start but it's just as important what you're doing you know, yeah. so, but it is, I do think a lot of it is what you just said, that they're used to getting things immediately and, and, but, you know, you keep working and, and you keep hoping that you're moving all the pieces in the right direction. And right. So, so your college career happens, you hook in with the youth organization and you're giving back to your community. You're, you're the JV coach. And then, and then here, here, here it is. Uh, the, the, the varsity job in Middletown opens up. Yeah. What was, what was going through your head at the time? Well, I, I really just hoped that I would get it because I was teaching, but I was teaching outside of Frederick County. Okay. So, you know, that, that's the, the first piece is we've put in all this time and. Who'd you sit down with? Coach Ambrose, Tim Ambrose? Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 So, um, but then once I found out I, I got it, it was, you know, it, it was an interesting transformation because you don't think that it is so different but but it it, it is there what was the biggest shock well i think that so as a jv coach the the girls sort of always come to you and talk to you and tell you everything and and you can work off of that 
suddenly when you're the varsity coach, and I used to laugh at Coach Miller when he would say this, but he was spot on. They suddenly stop. Like, it's like they're afraid to tell you anything. And so you're not working with as much information <laughs> as, you know, I, I had had just the year because, you know, when you go from the JV coach to the varsity coach, you're coaching your own kids. You know, they're just moving up with you. Um, and and so it's been interesting over the years to to have that piece. You know, I've gotten older, so now I'm more like a parent's age instead of, you know, the kid that's just out of college coaching them. Um, and, and so you sort of have to change how you, you do a few things and that you don't always have all of the information that you wish you had. What are the biggest ways you've changed? Cause I wanted to ask you about that. Cause now with, with technology, <sighs> with, with technology out there too, and kids, and kids have, kids can communicate. They could put anything out there with, with the touch of a button on their phone. Have you had to, I mean, do you monitor social media and have you had to adjust your style to the, the to the current days, teenage uh, girl soccer player? I don't. I mean, that's a that's a really good question. In that, I probably haven't changed maybe as much as as they would like. Um, yeah. Because they are so used to um, having that. You know, we we talk a lot about social media and the fact that people read things differently. And so what you might put on thinking it's funny, someone else might not read it that way. They might read it as an insult or, um, so, you know, we talk that you have to be very careful about social media. I ask them, you know, if we can just not, you know, just steer clear of it. Don't get yourself into trouble. Um, but, it's part of their world. So, you know, I think you just do the best you can and, and try to guide them and and make them see that whereas they weren't trying to be mean, it might come off as as looking that way. Yeah. Do you have a formal um, policy or do you just sort of just monitor what, what's going on? We have we have just said, it, um, you know, be mindful of your social media, nothing, you know, nothing derogatory. And, you know, don't make comments about other teams. Um, but, you know, it's it's a really difficult thing to monitor. Um, yeah. Because there's so many ways around what you can actually see. Yeah. And you someone know, could lock themselves in a closet and put out whatever they want. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, it's something that we're still working through and, and how do you deal with it? And, and, you know, we've been lucky so far in that we haven't really had anything big crop up. Um, but, it, you know, it's definitely on your mind that it's out there. And we talk about that. Um, you know, as coaches, what do you do? And, and, but, you know, you, you do the best you can with it and you hope that they hear you when you say things like this stays out there, you know, right. don't, it's not just about what's right now and how this affects you. This could potentially affect you know, college decisions, job decisions. And, and even if you were to, 
quickly delete something. Someone's got a screen grab of it somewhere. Right, so, right, yeah. yeah. So, it, I mean, it definitely is something that you worry about and you try to explain to them. But, you know, like I said, they have grown up with it, so they're much more in tune to how to all of the different things. Um yeah, you and I are still but, reading the newspaper. Right. So. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they're, on, they're on their phones. We have the actual paper, paper in our yes. hands. Yeah. <laughs> are, are you a tough coach? I, years ago, I would have said yes. Um, now, oh, you've softened no, over the I, years? Or? My, yes. Coach Berman would definitely say yes without a doubt. Um, Doesn't it go the other way around usually where you harden over the years? You become like the get off my lawn person? Or... <laughs> I don't know. I just, you know, I, I think that that kids are a bit different. Um, that I have, you know, this this group of kids that we have this year, they're, they're really fun. Um, and, and they need, I have kids that just need to be able to be a bit more free than, than I would like. Um, sometimes it's, it's hard for me and I sort of have to step back and let things be a little more free. And I think that over the years I've been able to step back and allow that to happen. Um, I, I really think our run in 10, 11 and 12, that was a big piece of it was allowing them to be themselves while still, you know, being able to sort of reel things in. So we would have days that would drive me absolutely insane. And I would walk away and go home and just We're not ready. We're not ready. Oh, no. And then we would come in and, and they would be ready because they had that release. Whereas, you know, I'm worrying. For them, it was the best thing. Um, So... Finding a balance with that, yeah, I think, well, is yeah, always. Where, where's the line? Because I was just talking about this last week on this oh. on this on this podcast with uh, Jim uh, Regal, the TJ Boy soccer coach. Where's the line of letting them be themselves, not wanting to stifle their personalities or creativity, and, and sort of saying, "Hey, we, we we need to rein things in and 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 focus here and and get back to business." Right, so. and that's one of the hard things. Is you know sometimes you you find the right combination. Um, and, and sometimes you don't, um, I think you can start to feel, um, because you have, you know, in a, in 21 kids, you have kids that need different things. So some need to be more focused now on, on my end this year, you know, they could be goofy all the time. And I think most of them would be okay with that. I would have a handful that would not, but you know, more of them would be happy with being able to be goofy. Did, have you had to put your um, foot down a couple times with this group? Though, not or? yet. We we talked about it at the very beginning that that we you know definitely had a common goal, um, and we needed we were going to need to work hard from day one to meet that goal. Um, and so you know, you, you talk to some of the kids and you say you still have to be yourself because. You know, if I put you in a box, you're not going to be as good as if I give you freedom. But you're old enough now that you've got to rein it in. Like if I, 
if I give you a, a look, do you, you've do you have to know. Do you have, do you have well, a look? And, and, well, I think I have a look. So, <laughs> but, but so far, do, do your players you know, know what the been, look? Do your players know what the look I, I is? I think they do. Um, right, but you haven't had to. So you, you haven't had to. We haven't really. No, we've really. Yeah. You know, they've done a really good job of of sort of policing themselves and 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 they know what they want um, and they understand that they have to work for it. So I think that's you know a really big piece of this year is um, you know I have a group of girls that that want to work for each other um, and, and for, you know, what is our team goal. And, and we've talked a lot about, um, you know, putting the team first. And that's sometimes a difficult thing. Um, but if we, if we want to get to the end, then that's what has to happen. Um, and, and they're seemingly buying in. Okay. Um, you know, they've, we've had some great games so far. They've played really well. Um, and I think one of the, the best things about this year is everybody's contributing, you know, they're, they're finding little successes, um, all over the field and it's, and it's from everyone. And, you know, when, when you have that and you have kids backing each other up, um, you know, it makes it fun to watch a game. I I often feel lucky that I'm able to coach these kids in a game and and watch what they can do. Um, so hopefully that will continue. Yeah. We won't, you know, <laughs> we'll keep the train on the rails and be, be working towards a common goal the whole way through. Yeah, we're talking to uh, Middletown girls soccer coach Heather Klein here on the Final Score podcast. And I want to ask you a little more about this year's group and just, uh, girls soccer in Frederick County in general, but you, you, you referenced your three-year run where you won three straight state titles. Right? You were you were right alongside your football team almost right. uh, winning those three state titles. And you guys were, what, 10 to 12, and they were what, 11, 11 to, thir- to 13. 13. Yeah. What, how satisfying was that run for you, and just what was that three-year period like? Because you guys wouldn't lose it. You guys would go seasons without losing to anyone in Frederick County, and, and everyone knows how good the soccer is across the county here. Right. So those they were just magical years. I mean, they were. We had we had a group of kids that that really understood they had to play for each other, um, and and they really enjoyed each other on and off the field. Um, and you know, winning a state championship, winning one is is so difficult. You have to. You know, you have to have a bit of luck in in getting there, um, and and we certainly did um, throughout that run. But you also wasn't it snowing one year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think we we've had we had every kind of yeah. There's we yeah. did. I mean, and you guys were always that sad. The two A was two A girls were always was always the Saturday night game, right? right? Yeah, yeah. So which you guys was, were always like the lovely. last, right? You guys <laughs> but, were always last on. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, but you know, it's, it, it, we, we were different groups. Um, you know, in, in 2010, we went undefeated and won and we had, um, Jackie Kessler and Jenna Caldwell and, you know, scored 45 goals between them. Um, which, I mean, you know, you can't ask for any, it was crazy. It was. Um, and then the next year it was, you know, the girl, the girls were told 
throughout the spring and summer, oh, well, you won't do anything now because all your goals are leaving. And and they took that to heart. And, and but you still, they Mary, said, you still had Mary Pritz, did, Mackenzie yeah, Noel, right, yeah. uh, like all I mean, state caliber had, players. right? We yeah. did. And they just said, you know, I know we were great last year, but we can still do it. And we're still a group that's going to work together. Um, and... You know, so eleven and and then twelve both happened, and and what was it like I to mean, watch Mary's goal? Because that goal won you a state title. It was, you know, so many things within those runs, you know, just sort of touch your heart and and make you happy for the kids. You, you know, you know they've put in so much work and and they've laid their heart out, and and to, so to see it happen for them um is is always an amazing thing and you wish that for all of your teams you know that that they could get really what they were were putting all of this time and effort into um but you know there's it, it was fun those years were just a lot of fun a lot of worry you know because you never know on any given day i mean soccer can be a really cruel sport and and you you can to, you and, can have eighty five percent of the possession and still lose a game. So and, and during your run, you had a I remember in, in the semifinals you you had an overtime game I believe we, or, a, or a PK game. We did. We had a PK game and we went down. Um, and then um, you know we Becca came up with a huge save and then I think one of their girls went wide and I mean it was it was just. You know, I mean, all of the cards just aligned and and things went our way. And that's where I say, you know, it's a it's a lot of hard work, but it's also a little bit of luck. Yeah, because the game Mary won for you, the state final Mary right. won for you. That was, a, I think, a scoreless game. Right. And that could have, I mean, <laughs> Gone, one, right. one, one breakdown, one bad pass, and, and, and then right. you're, on, you're on the other end of it. Yeah. So, I mean, the margin is so slim there. Right. So. Well, I, I, I joked with uh, Jeff Kolsch, the boys coach, that, you know, his state, his state championship. You know, I think they they won by a yeah. couple of goals. I mean, he he, he, like he had knew his, he had his feet. He had his feet. He was sipping a, <laughs> sipping did. a drink. He had his he feet. Knew. Kicked I up. said, yeah. Jeff. You know, I've been here before, and I've never had the luxury of like just watching the end of the game. It was always, you know, you were in it until the final second. Um, you know, because when we played Falston, I mean, I think there were like 20 seconds left and they've got a corner kick. and you're Something just like, could go wrong. Right. right. So, um, I, you know, I would like to have one that that I knew. I knew early. Right. <laughs> I knew early and, and then, I could, and I could, could just relax you could, you a little. Just, you could just enjoy it <laughs> as, as, it's happening, as it's happening rather than just having to, like, <laughs> exhale deeply uh, right. after it's over. Right, so, definitely. Yeah. Uh, we were chatting. I saw you guys play uh, Ligonor last week. And for whatever reason, yeah. that's always a hair-raising uh, game for you guys, Ligonor. So. It definitely is. They they have our number. Um, you know, they it's always a battle. Um I used yeah, to because they, they would beat you during. They your would. Run. I, yeah. well, I was just gonna say I used to joke with with Howie that, um, you know, I don't mind losing to you as long as I'm gonna win a state championship. Right. But you know, then the years came where we would lose and and not win, and and that was a little bit harder to take. But the, um, last, the last two years against Lincoln have been oh, pay, payback for they you. They have been, yeah. and and in overtime, both of them. 
So, like, like, like the final possible right. second you guys are scoring these goals. <laughs> right. So it, it's it's our turn. I, I think it's fair, but... Um, <laughs> right. But, but we but, were... You go ahead. Sorry. But it is great, you know, that, that we get to play these games. Um, you know, all of... All of these games we play make us better every night. Um, and so, you know, while you wish you you sometimes didn't have to every single night gear up for this battle, um, it, it's good for us in the long run. So Right. Well, we, we were chatting after this game that Millie Smith won on with the PK uh, in, in overtime. And, and Millie's your leading scorer. I think she has three goals and two assists so far this yep. season through six games. And we were saying, man, there's so much parity across the county this year. And, and I was asked, like, who's uh, the best girls soccer team in Frederick County this year? And I took, it took me a moment. I had to think about it. And, and I wasn't really sure what the answer was. But here we are. You guys are 5-1, and 2-0 and oh in the CMC. Could, it be, could Middletown once again be the best girls soccer team in Frederick County? I think we have pieces to make that happen. Um, you know, Urbana is is looking. I, I had a chance to see them play Broadneck, and and they look really good. Um, you know, they have some some major threats through the field, but um, but we we have that as well. Uh, so you know, again, it's a matter of can we can we keep putting it together and night after night and day after day get better. Um, so we'll see. <laughs> right. I want to ask you about your goal goalie situation too, because even when you were good, yeah. you often had rotating keepers. One would have uh, the first half, one would have the second half, and you always have had like these two goalkeepers. And some people say that might be counter counterintuitive uh, because you you want one person to have the confidence to be able to make all the saves and stuff. Like why why have you been so successful and uh, with the two keeper approach? Do you think? <laughs> I don't know. Um... It, we've been lucky in that we've had talented goalkeepers. Um, we, you know, we find it hard when you're both doing your job to not give time. Um, it doesn't always, you know, there there are some games when we might go to one, um, but I think until the point when until you know. There, there is a time when they're both not doing their job. Right. It's difficult not, you know, it, it, being a keeper is such a hard position anyway because there's just one of you. Right. Um, well, you there's, know, two, there's two of you at Middletown. Well, there's two of you at Middletown, <laughs> right. Because right. I'm, I'm looking at Maggie Perkins' numbers, yeah. I'm looking at Kylie, and they're, they're almost identical, their numbers. They, they are. It's, a, it's amazing when, you know, when you – tally out the saves and the the goals against and it's funny how equal and and the craziest part is is we couldn't have two kids that were more different um and and in a way for me it's it's fun to watch how they're each growing into um playing for us and and what they're doing and so um, you do it a first half second half thing or, or we have been yeah. so far yeah um we we definitely have um uh, maggie maggie usually takes our first half and kylie takes our second half um and you know we've had some discussions about that and um you know the truth is they both would love to have the whole game and that's what you want you want you want kids to want that but to also be able to understand why you're making the decisions you're making and and that's what's happening for us right now 
is, you know, they're they're listening to some of the things that we're saying and 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 buying into that. And, you know, you you always wonder if you're you're making right decisions. You, you, You know, I've been doing this a while, so I can use what I've seen in the past and um but you know there may come a time where we have to decide to go with one um it's it hasn't happened yet they're both working um in their own manner they're both working really hard and and doing the job they need to do um so might it also work into your favor that God forbid if something were to happen, an injury or something, that that the other one has the experience, and, and being in a game is not like a new thing. For Definitely, them. I think that's one of the best things that comes out of it. Is um, and and Kylie started the season for us injured, um, so Maggie was doing all of the work for the first three or four weeks until. Kylie could could play on the field, but she wasn't cleared yet for for the goalkeeping work. Um, so, but to have that, to know if something happens to one, either one, they both have the experience that they need um, to to be able to step in. And our defense has played with both of them enough minutes. Because, like I said, they are very different goalkeepers. Um, but our defense knows how each works. Um, and and so, you know, it, hopefully. Well, what if they forget it's like the second half instead of the first right. half? Or the first half instead of the second half? Does that, that happen? Right. No, no. I think, you know, they're, they're, pretty, they're pretty good. And, and yeah. we try to keep, you know, things similar. Um, so, you know, we're pretty much at at a point where, you know, we know where people are going to be in the, in the first half and who's going to be in the second half. And so, right. All right. So far this season, I've seen a scoreless tie, a hundred minutes, no, no, no (sighs) goals. And I've seen a couple of one, nothing games where the goals were scored like the last possible instant Right Uh, across the County here. Are we lacking a scoring touch this season? I don't know if we're lacking a scoring touch or we're just really good defensively. Okay. Um, and it's probably a, a combination of the two. Um, you know, we have some really good goalkeepers across the across the county. Um, we have good defenders. Um, you know, and I think that's a that's a part of it. Uh, so many games, you know, you're you're kind of seeing played between the 18s. Um, and I think it's just a lot of it is the level of play has really evened out. Um, and you have talented kids on both sides of the field, all over the field. Um, is parody the word? I mean, is that the way you I, describe I do. The I mean, I really, yeah. I really do feel like it is. You know, you we go to a game and you know, our, our kids are talking to all of the other kids because they play, play with them. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's different clubs as well. You know, it's not, it's not. So, um, I mean, I do think that's part of it. I, I think, um, you know, for us, we have a lot of different kids scoring. Um, so, so we don't have that one go-to um goal scorer but in a way 
I find that to be a benefit. Um, you know, it's it's a lot easier to shut one person down than to shut seven. So right. yeah, but um, but you'll take forty five goals from, oh, I'll, from, I'll from two players. Take, too. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, I would definitely take forty five goals between two players. Um, but you know, uh, it, it is it has been interesting to watch how the level of play has just you know, been so similar. Yeah, but when you have these games between the 18s and these low-scoring games, that's not easy on the coach's heart or <laughs> or probably well-being and that's health. Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> right. <laughs> probably a lot of biting the nails and, and, and stre- stress, Definitely right? stress and, and a couple gray hairs. And, yeah, so, um, you know, it is harder to – but at the same time, you know, as a competitor, you love those games. You love – you know, when it comes down to can you lay everything out and come away with the victory? Um, or, you know, even the opposite of that, I, I often think that, that losing a game like that tells you a lot about your team as well. You know, um, how do they respond? Um, you know, we, we played Broadneck pretty well um, in our preseason tournament. And and even though we lost two to one, responded well after that. And, and Broadneck, for for those that don't know, is a four A state power every year. They, yes, yeah. they are. So, um, it, you know, I I think that that both winning and losing tell you a lot about about your team and and about how they're going to respond to things. You know, obviously, if you can if you can get through a season undefeated, it's pretty amazing. But it doesn't happen all that often. Um, and and you don't know, you know, if that loss were to come late, um, you know, what what would we do? Would we fall apart or would we come together and be even more solid? Right. Um, so. I, I thought it was interesting talking to Millie Smith after the Ligonor <laughs> game, which she won with the PK. I was, I was trying to get you not to talk to Millie after that game. Well, why is that? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, telling secrets on. Well, well <laughs> Yes, well, t- true. I'm not, and I'm not going to give away Millie's uh, secrets here. But but Millie, she, she's preparing for this nerve-wracking PK to try and win this game. Ligonor players are, like, telling her which direction she likes to go in. Right. Because she, she knows them, she's friends with them, she plays club with yeah. them. So that there's this open conversation going on around Millie as she's trying to settle in and trying to calm her mind and her heartbeat and everything for this PK. There's all this chatter. She's going right. to go this way. No, she might choke if she goes that way. <laughs> and it, was just, it was just sort of like a fascinating dynamic that Millie's trying to lock in here for this PK. And all this no- and everyone's talking about her and within earshot right, right around her. Right. So. Well, definitely, you know, trying to get into her head and, and, and hope she goes the other way and does choke. Um, but yeah, you know, she, it's nice that she can tune all of that out. She can hear it, but she can then tune it out and, right. and, and, you know, I, I, did I mean, what needed to be done. I, I don't so. know how, I don't know how I would react to that if everyone's openly talking about me and I, right. and I could hear everything. So, right. so it was interesting, but she did come through and, and she buried the PK yeah. and you guys were able to, uh, uh survive that little, that, uh, Ligonor game. So. Five and one, a good start. It is. It's a great start. Um, you know, the Lingonor game we we knew was going to be a battle. It always is. You never know how it's going to turn out. Um, even years you think you should win, sometimes you lose. Um, you know, sometimes you're not sure you should win, and you do. 
Um, <laughs> so, and then to turn right around and go to Oakdale, um, which again is always you guys have their number. Though. A big day, you, you've you know, had it over the years. Well, yeah. but 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 Arx sort of had ours lately. So, <laughs> so, um, but that was you know that was another big game for us, and and you know we we talk that that every game is so important that we have to make sure it doesn't matter who it is. Um, you know, we have to get up for it like we would get up for Oakdale, like we would get up well, for Lingenau. Walkersville was in the state final last year. Exactly. You know, and and you can't take anyone for granted. You know, you have to step out on the field knowing that today is your hardest day. Um and Walkersville played Urbana to a, that a scoreless, scoreless tie. tie. Right, yeah. and, and did I just see they played TJ to a scoreless they did. tie? Uh, TJ was so, in the state final last right. year. Right. Um, you know, I mean, so it's great that that every day you're getting, you know, every game you're getting these teams that, um, you know, it's not like it used to be where you could, you know, Say oh, okay, you know, we we might get a couple a couple of goals here tonight, you know, and and not have to to worry quite as much. But you know, every every night before a game, I'm not sleeping and and worrying about what we're walking into, and you know, are we going to show up and do our best? And because that's the are you, are you less anxious, less nervous now no, than you used to be, or more? I, I think I'm more. Why? Um, I don't know. I, I really I wish I did know. I've always been nervous. I've always been anxious. Um, but and and mostly because I just want my kids to do their best. Like every time we get out there, I want my kids to just put their best foot forward. Um, and and at that, you know, by the time the game comes around, you're out of that. It's they've they have to do it. You They're no, the ones no, on the no field. Control, right. You know. Um, I don't remember being nervous as an athlete. Um, it wasn't until I started coaching, and and you know you do your piece at practice, and you you it's, make it's, adjustments. It's, it's a loss of control, but it, it is like, as, an, as an athlete. Right. Like, you can control everything you did, but as right. a coach, you can't. Right, so. and and you have to you know um, give them the the freedom to say. This is working for us. This isn't working for us. You know, I always ask them at halftime, what are you seeing? You know, because I know from the sideline what I'm seeing, but are they seeing it the same way? You know, you're the one with the view that – so, um, you know, and, and trying to get them to understand that that what they see and what they think is very important um, and how we can use that – and how they can make each other better by not being afraid to say something. Um, and, and you know, so that's, I feel, has always been a, a big piece for us is giving players responsibility um, and, and trusting that, you know, you've been doing this for many years. You, you can talk. You know, you can you know, say, if we make this adjustment, this might help. Um, and, and sometimes you do it and, and sometimes, you know, you, for whatever reason as a coach, you choose not to make an adjustment. Um, and you know, it, it always goes both ways. Sometimes it works for you. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, but having the kids not be afraid to, 
speak is such a, a big thing. Right. Well, I know uh, doing these sorts of things is not your, <laughs> your 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 favorite thing to do. So thank you for allowing me to twist your arm. Sure. And then thank you for coming on and and, and, sh- and sharing so much of your story and your team's story. And we wish you well uh, for for the remainder of the season. Uh, that's Heather Klein, uh, Middletown girls soccer coach. And we are right back in a second here on the final score with FMP sports writer John Cannon. All right, time to swing around the county sports scene with uh, John Cannon. And, uh, John, I wanted to talk to you about the Urbana volleyball team. Uh, you and I have both seen them. I saw them a little earlier in the season uh, sweep Oakdale 3 nothing on the road. Uh, you saw them uh, this week uh, sweep Tuscarora. Uh, 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 I believe, were they at home or, or away? They were home. They were home, okay. Uh, so that's two really impressive wins. And uh, what, in your mind, makes Urbana such a good team? Well, they uh, they return uh, Trinity Burge, who was uh, one of the two top players in the area last year, and she's even better this year. But the thing that struck me about them is, aside from her, and she's exceptional, they have some other really talented players on that team. And I'm, I'm sitting there looking at them tonight. I mean, they reached the state finals last year, and I'm thinking they're even better this year, and they they might they have that look of a team that really could go all the way. Yeah, year. I mean, most of the team is comprised of club players. I think mm-hmm. all I think the only I think they have two players on their roster that don't play club year round. Mm-hmm. So it's an experienced group. Uh, they, they have a, uh, Jerry Burge is their coach, and and he has uh, Trinity's his daughter, and he has a couple other daughters in the program. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really a, a, a close knit team, and, and and yeah, they're good. I mean, uh, you don't go into Oakdale very often, and and, and and win without without dropping a set. And and Tuscarora is very good too. Mm-hmm. I understand Tuscarora was missing one of their better players, but but still, I, I mean, I mean, sweeping them is is no small feat. No, so not at all. And like I said, a player like Toddy Allen Johnson, who is a sophomore. Uh, she's she's a really nice player herself. I mean, she uh, was out a good bit of the year last year. She had appendicitis, and uh, they use her as a setter. But she can and she does that well. But um, kind of like Trinity Burge, who plays setter as well. But she can this Tatiana can do numerous things on the floor. She can make it hits and blocks, and uh, they're they're, they're going to be tough. Yep. Uh, football, uh, we're uh, almost at the halfway point because it's only a nine-week regular season. So once once week four ends this week, we'll basically be uh, halfway there. You saw a good game uh, last week um, with uh, Ligonor and Middletown. I, I, I thought it was going to be a little bit more lopsided, but Middletown played a pretty good second half, it, it, it seems. Great game. Um, yeah, Middletown with uh, Reese Poffenberger, uh, Barger, excuse me. Um, uh, what I noticed about him early on, I mean, because Lingenor has a tough line on both sides of the ball, he was uh, using quick, quick releases to avoid sacks early on, which worked for them. Uh, they were using short passes in lieu of a running game because they really couldn't establish a running game. But then he just started to air it out later in the game, and uh, Lingenor had trouble covering him, and he was completing these you know, 40, 50-yard passes, and uh, they they uh, they basically erased a fourteen Middletown raised a fourteen point deficit in the last four minutes and and Ligonier pulled it out. <laughs> it's a crazy crazy game back and forth. Yeah, uh, what did you think of Ligonier's offense, their running game, and what did you think of their ability to to buckle down and and pull that game out after Middletown really charged at them? They have a good line and and at least two talented backs uh, that I saw. Um, they uh, Xander uh, helped me out with his uh, McClure. You know, McClure, yeah, he had a beautiful run and he it was over 80 yards and he just uh he leaped over one would-be tackler and did a spin move and he has a good way of kind of like probing for little seams there 
Right, and, and Lincoln, of course, has Oakdale um, uh, hmm. this, this, this week. Uh, that, that's, that's the big game. Uh, you've also seen Walkersville, I, I, I believe, and, and Walkersville plays Lincoln, uh, and, and that could be a, a, a pretty important game coming up. Walkersville also plays Catoctin, I, I believe, in a couple of mm-hmm. weeks, which will be a really good game. So mm-hmm. there's just a lot of good teams across the county. And we said that, remember, at the beginning of the year, we said maybe uh, there isn't that one real clear-cut dominant team like Oakdale was last year and Lincoln are right behind them. You had a bunch of, while those two are probably up top, you have a bunch of others that you just mentioned that aren't too far behind that, that mm-hmm. could win, conceivably win. Right, and Catoctin with their offense, I think they could play with most teams in the county too. And uh Obviously, the winner of the Ligonor um, Oakdale game will be seen as is probably the best team, but but uh, lots of good teams uh, right there, and we, we sh- it should be pretty crowded once uh, once the playoffs start here in Frederick County uh, because I think most of our teams will make it. So, uh, John, as always, uh, pr- appreciate a few minutes of your time. Thanks, and uh, my thanks also to Heather Klein uh, for coming in and having a great uh, conversation today. And uh, producer Graham Collin. Uh, I'm Greg Swatek of the Frederick News Post Sports Department, and we'll see you back here next week on the final score.